You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. You're listening to an episode on menarche transitions, estrogen's superpower, and healing trauma. Today on the show, I am joined by Kimberly Ann Johnson. And Kimberly was a yoga teacher and body worker whose body and life was permanently altered when she sustained an injury during childbirth. Now, determined not to get a full pelvic floor reconstructive surgery, she traveled the world learning about postpartum practices. After healing herself, she became a doula, a sexological body worker, a somatic experience practitioner, so that she can help women through this important and very often overlooked phase of development that is postpartum. As is taught in many traditional cultures, she believes that when nurtured and taken care of properly, women can emerge from this rite of passage stronger, more whole and with more access to their power. She believes the same is true of relationships with the right tools, marriages and partnerships can be more connected and robust after children. For this reason, she wrote the fourth trimester, a postpartum guide to healing your body, balancing your emotions and restoring your vitality. We actually chat about the fourth trimester here in this episode too, but her recent book, Call of the Wild, is where she applies a broader scope of trauma and healing. Part science, part medicine and part cultural political work, Call of the Wild helps all women tap into the wisdom and resilience of their bodies to rewire the nervous system, heal from all kinds of trauma and live fully. In this episode, Kimberly and I talk about welcoming the menopausal transitions, the body's different types of cycles from breath to 90 minute time cycles, up regulating and down regulating. We we also talk about the deceleration process of actually allowing your body to rest and the importance of that. We We chat about healing birth trauma, estrogen superpower and fawning breaking repetitive cycles in health and relationships, the universal postnatal needs and care that we can apply to ourselves to support ourselves and those through the postnatal time of their transition as becoming a mother. Menstrual cycle transitions, we chat about her daughter's transition through menarche and her experience as a mother and also tips to stepping out of trauma. I absolutely loved recording this episode with Kimberly. I had never chatted with her before and we really dive into a lot around menarche transitions, so complete menstrual cycle transitions, estrogen superpower and healing trauma. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Today's episode is brought to you by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. Are you new to getting to know your own menstrual cycle? Would you like to understand it in a better way and know how to live as a cyclical woman? Well, this is the simplified self-paced course for you. It teaches you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios along with the action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook and audiobook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle science before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 500 women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for being a listener of the show, use the code cycle love to save 20% off. 
Kimberly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have you to talk all about dating, power and sex. Um, Before we jump into it, though, tell us what day of your menstrual cycle are you on today and how are you checking in? How do you feel in this moment? Good question. Um, I don't know what day I'm on because I'm in a place in my life where my cycles aren't regular. So Mm -hmm. I'm 46. Uh, When the pandemic started, it was the first time in my menstruating life that I went without a period for three months. Uh, I lived in Brooklyn at the time. And it was extremely stressful. And so I just kind of thought because I work with women's health, I was like, okay, so I'm just actually completely tuned into the fact that this is incredibly stressful. And my body's like, nope, we're not doing this anymore. So I thought, okay, am I in spontaneous menopause? Um, my mom didn't have menopause till she was 55. And I, my reproductive cycles are like hers. So I was surprised, but I was also like, well, okay, feeling kind of apocalyptic. Maybe this is what's happening. Um, Then I moved home to San Diego, started menstruating again, uh, menstruated till Christmas. Then I went to see my boyfriend and I stopped menstruating again for three more months and just had a cycle um, that started on March 15th. So I'm not sure. I love that. How do you, I'd love for you to share if you're open to with the listeners, how does that feel for you? being a menstrual or menstruating woman for majority of your life to going through this early stages of men, potentially early stages of menopause. Um, how does it, how does it feel to like notice that you're letting go of that aspect of yourself and you're welcoming in a new transition as being a woman? I've talked a lot about this. It's been super bizarre. I mean, I have a 13 year old daughter, so she's just entering this phase as I'm leaving it. And it's also strange to feel a bit disoriented because I don't feel that I don't feel if I, if you're going to ask me like, what does your intuition tell you? I would say, I feel like I'm going to have a period for another eight, eight years or so. So uh, it's just strange to have the physical reality and the intuitive reality be so different. Mm. Uh, About three years ago, I think it was when I was 43. That's when I basically told myself, okay, there's no more kids coming Um, Even if that relationship happened, um, I could just tell from how my hair color is changing and I'm really about like working with nature. So I don't want to make any kind of overture medical intervention. So kind of realizing, okay, I've had one child and that's this, this is the end of this phase. I did a lot of grieving also because I really, until I had a child with, she's 13, I didn't really know anything about my cycle. So I was lucky because I always had pain-free cycles and pretty good periods, but still I didn't know how to potentiate that energy for my overall health and well-being. So then when I did get really fluent in it, it sort of feels like, oh, I just got fluent in it and now it's about to go away. It feels like Mm. a bit of a loss that I didn't have that knowledge and information from the beginning. Oh, I love that you shared that, Kimberly, because there's a lot of women who who can resonate with that, that I have them come to my, my event days and they're like in their forties and like, how am I only just learning about this now? I feel robbed that I've not known this earlier. And, you know, I missed out on 15, 20 years of actually enjoying bleeding and enjoying and connecting with my monthly ovulation and understanding that, that those feelings that come in that inner autumn premenstrual phase of your cycle are actually normal and how can I work with that and change and enhance 
that energy and put it into different aspects of my life. So I honor you for sharing that. So thank you so much. Um, I'm excited to learn more about you as I know the listeners are. So tell us who is Kimberly Johnson and what is it that you do and what do you offer here in the world before we jump into these topics about dating power and sex? I help women heal from prepare for birth, heal from birth injuries, gynecological surgeries and trauma and sexual boundary repairs. And I do that through the body. So I'm a hands-on body worker. I work internally, hands-in, hands-on. Some people can understand it best through the term vagina practor, which is something that someone else said to me. I didn't come up with that, but they're like, oh, they were on my table. And then they were like, oh, you're like a vagina practor because I'm a structural (laughs) body worker. So I can help people with scar tissue and incontinence and prolapse and these kinds of things. Um, But Similarly to what you're saying is a lot of times when women are on my table, what they, they're crying and grieving for the fact that they never had a tuned touch. They never were given, they never had a felt sense of connection and care while they were receiving, whether it's medical care or sexual interactions. And so being in a session space with me. I'm just in a witnessing space. I'm not in a medical diagnostic space. And I'm also not in a lovership is just very reparative. And most women say, wow, women, I'm sure people have been doing this for each other for thousands of years, because it just feels so ancient and so primal um, to be able to observe each other in these ways. So that's the, that's sort of the basis of my work. Uh, And now I've written two books. One is called The Fourth Trimester. That's about the postpartum period. And then one of them is the new one that's coming out or has just come out is Call of the Wild, How We Heal Trauma, Awaken Our Own Power and Use It for Good. I have chills just thinking about this. Like from the moment that you mentioned about like healing from birth trauma, we, I, I'm always saying, Kimberly, that we have a womb as a menstruator, but we, regardless of whether you're a male, born male or born female, you both come from a womb and that womb was once created from another womb. And so we're all uniquely womb, wombly connected, you could say. Yes. Um, and, you know, my best friend is about to give birth to her first child. Mm. My sister-in-law, my brother is about, I'm about to have my first niece. Oh, no, no, not niece. My best friend's having a girl. My brother's having a surprise. Both their names are Jesses and they're both pregnant. So I get easily confused. Um, But yeah, lots of birthing talk going on in my life right now. Mm. Recently, I had a termination um, due to a traumatic experience in a relationship and there's a lot of birth talk going on. So I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about what is birth healing, like healing through trauma from birth. Like what is it that you see um, that women experience and are often talking about. So um, I heard you say that you just had a termination based on a traumatic experience. Yeah. And I'm very open to share, like sharing about that. I've recorded a podcast episode about it. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's a, for me, abortion and termination, a topics like miscarriage and stillbirth that are talked about and trying to normalize these, like you would know the amount of women who do go through terminations is I don't want to say astronomical, but it's very high and they're just kind of swept under the rug and they're not discussed. And I feel that a lot of women don't face those things or don't know how to receive support or talk about them. So that's why I've talked about my own. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I have recently. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. But you said it's a res- it was a result of a traumatic experience? Yeah, well, from a, within a relationship, mm-hmm. trauma within a relationship, yeah. So probably I should come with a disclaimer because whenever I'm on shows, people say like they're all kinds of stuff. And I'm not saying this about you personally, but just listeners, you know, we're talking about something, but it's traumas and boundary ruptures are something that most people have experienced. And so it's normal if you're listening to this, if you having sensations or emotions or imagery arise that maybe seem irrational to you, but that's part of this work of attuning to our biology and our physiology. So really ultimately what we're talking about is cycles and we have all kinds of them. We have our breath, each breath is an inhale and an exhale is an upregulation and a downregulation. Um, each day we go through 90 minute cycles of sympathetic energy and parasympathetic energy. And then if you have an infradian rhythm and you have a menstrual cycle, you have bleeding to ovulation as an upregulation and ovulation to bleed as a downregulation. And then we have pregnancy as an upregulation. And then we have birth and postpartum as a downregulation. But we live in a culture that loves upregulated energy. We love yang. We love forward moving. We love action. We love drive. And we don't love deceleration. We don't even sometimes know how to rest. The watery, uh, fluid parts of us sometimes don't have a place to rest because, or we don't give them a place to rest, but they're also not really welcome so much in the outer world. So when we talk about valuing things, we're talking about valuing our inner world and valuing what cannot be seen. The postpartum time is a time of restoration, just like a bleeding time is a time of restoration. So when people work with you, Gemma, and they learn how to attune to their cycles, they're actually training themselves how to have a good postpartum time. Mm. And that's training us how to have a good menopausal time. Um, There's a continuity of our health So a lot of times postpartum is the first time somebody's had to really reckon with a feeling of weakness or a feeling of vulnerability, because after we give birth, we are vulnerable and people don't want me to say weak because they go, oh, well, there's strength and vulnerability. Yes, but we are weak. And when we have a child, we need to be protected. We need that space to be protected for us so that we don't have to defend ourselves, ideally. Mm not what always happens, but it's, um, it's what we would, it's what's best for our physiology. So the postpartum time is a time of repair and restoration. It's a time when our system is very open, very much like a pre-bleed or bleed. I think it's different for different people if they feel that most downregulated right before the bleed or if they feel it during the bleed. But either way, it's where our system is very open to the outer world and our, the imprints really stick. So we're extra sensitive to what other people say. We're extra sensitive to other people's energy towards us. Um, and it's like our skin is not so thick, right? We have a thinner skin, Soft, our membranes. So, yeah, softness to it. Yeah. Mm. So the same is true postpartum. And now, unfortunately, the word postpartum has come to just be synonymous with depression because we haven't put in place for women, what they need to recover well. And 
helping women recover, which there's just some universal needs that every person who has a baby has. And the best way to summarize it I've found so far is that everything that a new baby needs, a new mom also needs. Oh, I love that. A new baby needs swaddling. A new mom needs swaddling. A new baby needs a constant food source. A new mom needs a constant food source. A new baby needs to be held and have skin to skin contact. A new mom also needs to be held. And we wouldn't think of leaving a new baby alone for hours at a time. We shouldn't be leaving a new mom alone for hours at a time. Those are the foundational needs and we look at them in this culture as a luxury. Oh, I got one massage postpartum, I treated myself. It's in cultures that understand this, they're getting body work every day for 40 days to be able to flush all the hormones out. And so the tissues can resume their resiliency and so that the organs can go back to where they need, but also so that the birth energy can come to completion and we can move forward in our life feeling intact and feeling whole and shored up. But what we hear from women is the exact opposite. They feel frazzled, anxious, uh, depressed, OCD, uh, unmoored. And it's, that's not a me problem. It's a problem of the culture that we have that doesn't understand and honor that this is a very special period of time. So much so that many languages have terms for it. The sacred window, sitting in the nest. There's all kinds of ways in different cultures that they talk about this mother-baby dyad during this time. I need to read your book, The Fourth Trimester. Mm-hmm. And I love that you call it The Fourth Trimester. I'm freaking loving all of this <laughs> so much. Uh, just to backtrack on what you mentioned about I'll highlight as cycle preparation. I'm not an, a teacher or an educator when it comes to labor or the fourth trimester or postpartum. My, my connection with that is supporting women in conceiving and supporting women in understanding their cycle so they have, can have a healthy conception. They can welcome in the transition into pregnancy in a healthy state and that they can understand that their body is ever flowing and changing and in a rhythm and that we go through birth, life, death cycles, every menstrual cycle, so that when they're pregnant and going through the different trimesters, they're actually aware that it's okay to just check in with how I feel in each moment of each day and that every day is going to be different. And that's mm-hmm. so true. Well, you are preparing them because you're preparing them to notice what's happening with their physiology instead of overriding it. So for most people, we've been trained mind over matter. You can affirmation your way out of feeling bad, Um, go to the doctor and it's, you know, everyone's going to say, oh, PMS, that's terrible. Take an Advil, get on birth control, Uh, rather than dealing with the fact that the period is a fifth vital sign and it's there to tell us something about the rest of our vitality. So you're absolutely preparing people for birth and postpartum because, you know, everybody knows, every single person listening to this knows that we need to rest. Everybody knows that we need to rest and we need to sleep. I mean, how much we do it. Okay. The problem is that many people don't know how to rest. They try to rest and they can't rest or they Mm. try to sleep and they can't sleep. Uh, So just telling people, Oh, you need to rest postpartum. That's one thing. But like teaching someone how to rest is what you're doing. You're teaching them. 
okay, when you're in this part of your cycle, you need less calories, you can do more vigorous exercise. But when you're in this part of your cycle, you need more calories and these kinds of calories and you can and you need to rest more and don't have this kind of a conversation because it's not going to go well. And, you know, <laughs> access your creative potential at this time and let yourself be more yin, the shady mm. side of the mountain, the dark part. So it's absolutely part of it. And this new book is sort of the macrocosm of that. Because after working with literally thousands of women, helping them restore what wasn't happening in a cycle, I recognized, well, why, why is this so hard for us? Because it's pretty elemental. I mean, if we're bleeding for 30 years of our lives or 40 years of our lives, I mean, that's significant. And we're 51% of the world, world population. So why is that information so hard to come by? Why do we have to fight so hard to get it? And it's like, well... My spiritual practice was male teachers teaching me about my body. Nutritional advice and diet advice is usually coming from male bodies, male research. Yes, I love this. Mm -hmm. My trauma school was male teachers teaching me about women who were basically, if we're talking about sex, the identified patients or the identified victims. And then when women were coming into my office, I was recognizing that there was these patterns happening that I could actually help them shift. So in my book, it's the book is called Call of the Wild. It's about restoring the predator prey spectrum in our nervous system so that we have our self-protective, we know how to defend and protect ourselves when we need to. But not just that, we know, how, we know what we want and how we want to go about getting it. And we just have so much ambivalence about power because most of us have been in situations with people misusing power that we don't have a sense of what healthy power is. Mm. And we live in a very different world, I feel, today where masculinity and patriarchy society is very powering and very overbearing. And therefore we've lost this. I, I see this all the time with the women that I work with and connect with that we've really lost our natural essence and our natural animal instincts to connect with the feminine aspect of ourselves that has the allowing and has that intuitive knowledge. Oh, I do need to sleep a little bit longer today. or I do need to have that rest and knowing that I haven't given birth myself, but from what I've seen in the women that I've worked with who have given birth is that many women um, or menstrual women, I should say, aren't, ultimately connected with their own inner power to know what their body ultimately needs. Well, do, you, do, you, you do you see this too? Because the softness or the willingness to let go, that's the healthy aspect of the parasympathetic system. Mm. Like when we can rest, when we can digest, when we can let down, when that we feel surrender. safe enough to curl up in a ball, right? To be like the fox that's curled in on itself. But what we see more of the time is the parasympathetic system under threat, which is freeze and collapse and helplessness, right? And we confuse those two things. We don't often know which one of those things that we're doing. Um, and so we, we want to become translators, just like you help people become translators of their menstruation, right? Like reading your menstrual cycle, like tea leaves, like, oh, this is what this color means. And this is what that color means. And maybe I could do this a little bit more. And this cycle is telling me, well, I didn't think I overworked, but based on this blood, I definitely overworked, even though mm -hmm. it didn't feel like that. Right. Yep. So 
it's just like stress. A lot of people, if you ask them and they say they're stressed, they don't, we just aren't accurate judges of our own stress levels, probably because we've been accustomed to operating with so much more of it than we think we do. Um, but you know, things like herpes outbreaks, for example, like I have herpes, genital herpes, like people will be like, were well, you really stressed? And it's like, well, I mean, I'm a single mom and I run my own business, but like, well, am I more stressed than I was, you know, or you go on vacation and your system starts to let down and then you get a symptom that's demonstrating the, what happens when you get out of the hamster wheel that you have. Right. So there's mm, some complexity. Very similar. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think more people are, are okay talking about cold sores than genital herpes, unfortunately, which is just frustrating. We actually have a whole episode about STIs and STDs and, and herpes, like for that particular reason. But yeah, cold sores, lots of people go on holidays. And, oh, and then I broke out in a cold sore. And I like, that's a sign your body is freaking talking to you. Yeah. And it's frustrating, right? We don't often like what our body's saying. And pretty much that's the whole, my entire job is helping people understand that the body's not, the symptoms are not punishing us. The repetitive pattern in a relationship isn't, it's not negative. It's actually something that's arising to help you complete a cycle to have more available energy to you. So that's how trauma works. It's like a record that's spinning around like a vinyl record and it's skipping at the same place every time, every time. Mm. But when we heal trauma, we can repair that. And then you can actually hear the whole song. You can hear mm. your song. That's playing. such a great analogy. That's a really freaking great analogy because there's nothing worse. I remember getting a CD and it has a scratch on it, <laughs> you know, and it misses that. Um, you mentioned about relationships. So we've talked a lot about the female body in the sense of a cycle and all of those beautiful transitions, like from, I feel like to go off on a little rant, but as a menstrual mother, being able to teach a potential menstrual daughter how to go through that menarche transition, their first period, if you can teach those skills by knowing them yourself, you're actually equipping that young menstruator and being able to transition not just through menarche, but to transition through menarche, preconception, pregnancy, labor, fourth trimester, men yeah. like early menopause, menopause, post-menopause, like you're setting up for like success, successful menstrual transitions her, their entire life. Um, and I totally agree. And mm -hmm. I have a 13 year old and she, when she has her period, um, it's not exactly perfect. Like you are like, it sounds like it could be. And I thought it would be. And probably everyone who knows my work is like, oh yeah. But she will say, she'll even cry and be like, I know I'm supposed to love this and think it's magical because <laughs> I know, you know, but I don't, I don't like it, you know? And so it's not that it's just all of a sudden, you know, I had the party and the red ribbons and like, she's, it's all like, great. It's like, she's a product of this culture. Mm -hmm. And even though this culture is way more progressive about periods than it's ever been, right? Like my mom's like, when I was pregnant, I couldn't wear a form fitting dress. You know, like, no, you're hiding, you're wearing a tent. You're not wearing like a skin tight thing. Um, you know, there weren't period underwear. you like, those things, these props. are new things. Was, yeah. Right. And so we have made a lot of progress. And still, when you're coming into Menarch, you're also dealing with all of the internalized misogyny and, and what it means to walk around this world in a female body. Mm. And it's intense. It's really it is. freaking intense and watching it happen in real time with someone like me, who it's not just that I teach about it, it. This is actually who I am. And it's also, 
pretty wow. much everyone I'm around, right? Like, I mean, I joke, I'm like all pussy all the time. Like for me to like find a man, I have to like really make an effort because my office is filled with women and I talk to women all the time. And, and so I know how you feel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We feel each other, I'm sure. So, uh, we have this potential and, and it's definitely, you know, she's got a lot more information than a lot of us did. Uh, but it's still like, we're, it's, it's slow work changing the culture that's been this way now for thousands of years. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women Access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other, not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. Totally. And I something that I love that you mentioned about supporting a new mother, just like you would support a new baby, is that any of those transitions requires that same somewhat support. Like, so I work a lot in schools with teens and tweens oh, cool. and they, they, they require, especially girls as young as six and seven are menstruating these days, which blows my freaking mind. But when you think about it, they need that ongoing nurturing and support. And even though they might, they might reject it, like the body needs it. They're still going through the transition of um, emotional changes, mental changes, physical changes. And it's about literally, the. I guess the best analogy I like to give for it, it's like being right, like I'm a right-handed writer and all of a sudden breaking my right hand and having to write with my left. The transition is hard and it's going to be challenging for the first few days. And then after a few weeks, it'll be easier. And then within a few months, I'll, like, I'll be in flow with it. And that transition through menarche is somewhat the same just like all transitions and you mentioned something about the symptoms you know aren't pushing us for example let's just say pms or i'm bloated and i get period pain that's just like you mentioned you know that's a sign that your body's communicating you to you know it's not t- pushing you to make you feel like this like your body doesn't want you to feel like shit it wants you to feel fantastic but are you listening when you mentioned that kimberly you mentioned about relationships so what are the symptoms that you see in uh, I guess just people when it comes to relationships and in embracing their power. Cause I see that when women are embrace their cyclical power, their cyclical nature, they start to be able to adapt more cyclically in rhythm with their life. But what is it that you see with the symptoms in relationships, whether it's parents, friends, romantic partners, children, um, and how women transition through that kind of um, challenge and healing there. You mean like with, um, with regards Repet- to the cycles? Yeah. And well, the repetition cycle. So let's just say, you know, I'm, 
person who likes to help. So I always get in relationships where I'm the helper and I'm the teacher and I'm the savior. And then how do I break that freaking cycle? Because that cycle is not actually helping me. And so the symptom is, well, you're having a, a non-successful relationship because of that repetitive nature. So that repetition in is, is trying to teach you something, but often we're not listening. So how can we work with healing aspects in relationships like that? So I want to just zoom out a little bit, but I, I am going to answer your question. But one of the things that you're pointing out, so when we're talking about relationships, we have a part of our nervous system that's called the social nervous system. And when we feel good in the social nervous system, we feel like we can be ourselves and still belong. So we don't feel like we have to change ourselves to belong. Estrogen as a feature is a bonding hormone. The social nervous system was developed for maternal bonding so that we, for the survival of the species, so that we are very attuned with this young being that we have to take care of for a long time before it can procure its own food source, right? Like compared to all mammals, besides an elephant and a few others, we really, you know, it's about nine months before a baby could find its own food. So this bonding hormone is a bit of a superpower. It's what gives us some of our intuitive capacity is what allows us to understand how people feel to read a room, to understand and perceive small cues and small gestures. That's amazing. On the flip side of it, it also predisposes us to the things that are less adaptive in our social nervous system, which are either, well, they're actually highly adaptive. They're just not things we would prefer most of the time. So a lot of women find themselves either fawning, which is being super nice, people pleasing, um, and diminishing their own needs because they're worried if they had a need that it would cause a conflict and a separation. So that's why people go back to doctors that have mistreated them. Um, it's the threat that's closer is a known factor versus a threat that's just out there wandering around. It's where most of the me too lived. Like people from the outside are like, why'd she go back to the hotel room? Why'd she do this? Why'd she do mm. that? It's what we ask ourselves. Why did I go out on a date again? Um, I, one time I was teaching, you know, I'm sure you do too. I just learned so much from teaching and I was teaching about this. And then I just had a flash memory when I was in high school. Um, I have bright red hair. And when I was in high school, there was this group of guys that would just torment me. And every time I would walk on campus, they would scream from across the quad, the, the lawn fire crotch. And I really avoided them. I tried not to run into them on breaks. And then one day out of nowhere, and this is, I went to the same school from seventh to 12th grade, the ringleader walked straight up to me. And I thought someone was going to come like pour a bucket of ice on me, or like someone was going to come scare me. And he came up to me and apologized. It was really weird. Um, I don't really know what happened or why he did, but I was sort of just kind of like, okay, is the other shoe going to drop? Is this real? Mm. And then I was remembering because he was very good friends with some of my friends, which I also couldn't understand. Why are my friends friends with this, this guy that treats me, this whole group that treats me so badly. And then all of a sudden it just flipped. Well, then I remembered that this was the first person that I received oral sex from. Because in college, at some point, I went to visit him. And I can't remember like how that all happened. But I was like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense from a trauma perspective. Because in that way, he is serving me. And 
he, and I was, I was always on the receiving end of this domination. He was the predator and I was the prey. And in that moment, it's like, I'm in a healthy predator prey dynamic where Mm. he's the one that's offering. Now, if I look back on it, I wish, I mean, I don't really regret anything. And I think there's a lot of, a lot that happens. That's really important. But when I look back on it was at the, like, I wish I would have told him to fuck off and like never been friends with him again. Like he, for five years, he tortured me, but it's like that fawning, the innocence, the desire to diminish. Also, I think I've witnessed this a lot in women is like, I don't, they don't believe how bad it is because that would, that would cause that they think it would cause them so much pain, but the negation or the erasure or the dissociation causes way more pain and sideways symptoms. So there's fawning and then there's fitting in, fitting in is camouflaging, making yourself small, believing the same thing, doing the same thing, because you're afraid if you stood out, like in Australia, I think they call it tall poppy syndrome. If you Mm. stood out, you might get your head cut off. Um, But the important thing about all of this is that it's all repairable. Um, Yes, we're predisposed to it. And yes, we might be routinely doing it because our family might really encourage it or our religion might encourage it or the whole culture. We are very encouraged to be obedient, uh, that we give ourselves permission to be disobedient. How do we do that? We get around other disobedient people, unapologetic. Um, We learn. So true. Right. And we... um, we start developing healthy fight responses. So if, if someone listening is like, oh my God, I always freeze or oh my God, I always flee. Or they're like, I'm always fawning. The solution is actually both in healthy fight responses and it's visceral. So we do a lot of flexor oriented movement. Um, we, we develop our capacity to hold charge because most of what's out there is about helping people relax, taking deep exhales, breathing. And what most women that I work with are having trouble with is a capacity for more activation or more arousal so they can tolerate conflict. So they Mm. can stand up for themselves. Mm -hmm. And they're not so afraid that anything they say that may be differentiated is going to create separation. This is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, I think too, that you know, if you're listening to this, it'd be great for you to look at the question I always ask is how am I responding versus reacting in situations, whether it's in conversations, whether it's in like environments, social environments, community environments, but how are you actually responding and reacting to things? Is something triggering you? Are you acting out on it? Or are you sitting in a healthy masculine response? To to touch in this um, fawning and fitting in, does it come back to my question to you, Kimberly, is does it come back to embracing yourself? Does it come back to knowing how to connect with your body over connecting with your head? That's part of it for sure is understanding instinct and impulse. So if someone's listening to this going, well, oh, that's normally me. I'm normally a reactor. I normally just submit and go, yeah, okay, I'll just be treated like crap or I'll just accept this for what it is, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in a personal relationship in school in study in a small community what is like the your tips for someone who might be in this situation to getting themselves out so they can become more connected or embracing themselves or changing that so they have the healthy balance like what are your top tips for that well coming into coherence in our nervous system is 
much like incarnating, it's a lifelong process. So we want our system to be, we want all these responses intact because we need them. If we're in a structural situation, for instance, we're giving birth and we sense that if we disagree with the doctor that we're gonna be hurt, we might be right. So we need to respect and start to develop a fluency with our own responses. So at first, it's not so much about what you do. It's about noticing your own unique expression of what you do. So for you, Gemma, your fawning is going to look a lot different than my Kimberly fawning. Mm. Um, some women, when they speak, they, they tilt their head. That's a fawning gesture. It, if, or they laugh right after they say something that's maybe serious or difficult to say, or they cover their mouth when they're talking. Um, my fawning is, is, it's almost harder because it's, it's a deeper, yeah, there, I have more ways to cover it, right? I have, and so, and it doesn't come out, it doesn't come out as often, probably both because of my age and because of all the work that I've done. People, generally women fawn a lot less as they get older because their estrogen goes down. And also because you learn over time that maybe it didn't get you where you wanted to go really anyway. So mm. you don't do it as much, but uh, we have to kind of identify what are those little ways that we're doing those things and then start to start in those places. But regulating your system and I think regulating is sometimes a low bar because really the, what is the point of all this? The point is that we can be ourselves and we can be fully expressed and create one another and play with each other and, and have whatever your own unique work to do is in the world that you can do it. You have the energy available to you to do it. And then hopefully with that, we have our animal radar intact so we can sense what's happening with other animals and we want them also to have a full expressed voice i don't think we just need to take it for granted that like oh well some people always have power and some people don't we actually our felt sense would start to adjust those things so that all people would have a voice that was valued but in terms of you know of course the book, the whole book is about this. And I teach whole classes called Activate Your Inner Jaguar that, uh, that's about this. You need to know how to track yourself. So like at the beginning, that's kind of what you talk about at the beginning is like where you are in your cycle, that's one layer of orientation, right? You're orienting yourself, knowing where the, what the moon is doing, another layer of orientation. Uh, we have to orient ourselves in time and space, but through a you can think your feelings, you can think your emotions, you can think your sensations. It's different to feel them and live them, right? You can analyze mm. your nervous system or you can occupy your nervous system. Well, it's kind that. of a hard thing to describe, but it's a felt sense perception. And I think people feel it from us and that's why they want to be nearer to it because ultimately that's a coherent system. It's like bells or like a bell, a bell tone, you know, you can feel when the bell tone is just like crystal clear, that's a coherent system. And we want to be near that coherence. Now, some people are going to say, well, I don't, I choose narcissists or I choose that. That's because your past is choosing that. Mm. 
and trauma is getting present so that if you are in a new relationship and the person you're in a new relationship with is trustworthy and you know that and your system's telling you that and your brain's telling you that and your friends are telling you that, but you're recoiling from it, you know it's something that you're bringing to that. Mm, so we're yep. trying to get current with, and that also you're not evaluating it, your politics, like, oh, well, this is a, this kind of a person. And so that means this about them. Like one of my friends just said that she, uh, she was dating online and the guy said he was a moderate and, and she said, oh, I heard that moderates are just conservatives trying to get laid. And then he came back at her and kind of said, you're lost or something. And then he wrote back again, well, you're going to miss out on great sex. And she goes, isn't that horrible? I go, well, you brought sex into it first. You basically, I mean, you threw that you out welcomed first the conversation into by that saying way. that he wasn't going to get laid or whatever. And all of a sudden, it's not just people dealing with people. It's, it's activated nervous system dealing with activated nervous system based on a bunch of associations that aren't even happening in the present moment. And we're just projecting all over each other. You described that so well, <laughs> like really well. Like it, you're 100% on, like on the point with different nervous systems. And you can see that with like romantic partners, one goes to work and one's at home or they both come home from work and they've been activated in different environments by different people and they've had different phone conversations and meetings and experiences in that day. And then they come back to have unified like intimate communion together and those two different people are going through different experiences and it's kind of hang on we just need to fucking ground a little bit here so that we can come back to the same playing field <laughs> are you playing yeah. golf while I'm playing cricket or are you playing hockey while I'm playing you know like lacrosse it's just you're just playing on a different field and so like that description is so on point and I, something I always say about relationships, Kimberly, and I don't coach on relationships, but relationships bring out in you what you yet can't bring out on your own. And I feel that when you get into a relationship, whether it's a friendship or a sibling relationship or, or a partner relationship, like a romantic relationship, they bring out aspects of yourself that are only triggered by other people because you don't, you don't bring out the trigger in yourself. The others do. And I, I'm a big believer that when you truly know who you are in your situation, in your body, you're able to better navigate your way through life with other people, but it's hard and confronting to fucking face some of that stuff that you're going through yourself. And I definitely noticed that last year, you know, choosing to abort a pregnancy when I've always wanted to be a mother, that the, it was my body knowledge and my cyclical awareness that got me through that. Um, thank you so much for sharing. So I do have a um, like a final question. You talked about different layers of um, orientation in the world that we live in. We're very much led to this getting up here in the head, and getting up here in the head, and analyzing and one pointed focus. And you've got to have more, be more, do more. Everything's got to be perfect. You've got to have the perfect diet. Got to have the perfect food. What are your tips um, for menstruators and women? <laughs> on how they can embrace to drop out of this freeze situation that they're potentially living in most of the time into allowing and surrender to, you know, to step into their bodies. So I think if you're listening to the podcast, you're already a step along the road because you're curious about knowing about your cycle and you're curious about information that's not really mainstream yet or you know just getting there so I think acknowledging where you're at that's part of orientation too you know 
a lot of people that I work with are younger than me now. And I feel like they compare themselves to where I'm at in my journey. And it's like, you know, I've been practicing yoga, for instance, for 27 years. It's like a long time, you know? So um, it's okay to just be learning these things. It's okay to just be recognizing things. And one thing I really want everyone to know is that you can have all kinds of sexual experiences and include care in them. So even if you want to have a one night stand, it can still have care involved. And that doesn't mean that it's like not hot sex, or it doesn't mean that there couldn't be power dynamics involved. But I see a lot of women behaving in kind of a sex in the city way where mm. they don't want to be hurt. And they also, the visual that they have of what empowered sexuality looks like is very sex forward. And I'm just going to have whoever I want and not care about it and sort of do the masculine version that was out of balance anyway. And I see a lot of harm coming from that. And I just want to put it out there that it is possible to have respectful, caring relationships, no matter what that dynamic is, and that we don't have to just flip the power. Um, and that's really my desire for this next generation and also for building a world that we all want to belong to is that we're not just taking people out of positions, but we're actually creating new structures. Mm. And the way that we do that is awakening more of our own power inside of us because we all have way more power than we think we do. And then beginning to be able to look around us and help change the situation we're in where so many people's lives are so much less valued than other people's lives. Mm, I like, I'm just like loving every, all the words that are coming out of your mouth right now. <laughs> I'm just like, babe, like showering me in, in, mm -hmm. in, the, in these words. I think it's so beautiful and I 100% agree. And I, I, I feel for everyone listening to this, who's like, oh, that sounds so good. How do I do that? I'm like, that's why you need to like reach out to Kimberly and just connect with her and learn more about what it is that she's doing. And this new book that you've got coming out, Kimberly, tell us about that. Um, it's called Call of the Wild. Um, what's the book about and how can people find the book if they're wanting to learn a little bit more about this? Well, the book's about everything we've been talking about. It's, it's the why and the how that we become accustomed to reckoning with power inside of us and around us. Mm. Probably almost everyone listening is aware that, you know, a lot of structures are falling away. Some people, you know, marriage, for instance, um, a lot of people don't want to get married. A lot of people don't want to live in a nuclear family structure. A lot of people do, but there's a lot of obstacles to that. It's like, there's new ways of relating. We know what we don't want, but we don't exactly know where we're going. So we're living in this purgatory. Mm. Somebody's got to have the language. Somebody's got to be a leader. And so if you're willing to activate your inner Jaguar, if you're willing to listen to the call of the wild, then you can be that leader. You can have that language and you don't have to quote unquote, teach other people that you don't, it's not didactic. You teach them through being it. 
it's the same as if you would like to have healthy children, be healthy yourself. You know, you teach them by being it. So that is so beautiful, Kimberly. Where can people find the book? Anywhere, Amazon, um, local booksellers. Uh, yeah, anywhere that they sell books. Awesome. Well, all the, like, I'm going to pop those links in the show notes here so that you can, can also, reach. if you want to just read the first chapter, you mm-hmm. can go to KimberlyAnnJohnson.com slash chapter and um, the first chapter is free. So you can check Ooh, it out. Okay. Well, I'll be definitely popping that in the show notes so that everyone listening can get a little insight to the book. So then you know that you definitely need to go and get the book and read it. Um, Kimberly, I've loved having you on the show. Before we wrap up, I do have a final podcast question. Now I ask all of our guests this. We're switching gears just a little bit. We talked a little bit about this at the start though. I want you to think back to your younger menstruating self. So when you got your first period back at your own menarche transition and what are three things you wish you had have known then that you now know today? I wish I would have known about vaginal steaming. Can that just be all three of them? I just wish (laughs) I would have known about steaming. That's number one, two, and three. Like I just, if I would, that would have been like, a huge game changer in every way. I also would tell that person, don't become a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, just a question on vaginal steaming. I know that there's a lot, a lot of menstruators who've never tried it. And I'm like, what is that witchcraft for you, Yoni? What are your favorite three things about vaginal steaming? It's a positive reparative experience. So it feels good. So if you've had experiences that don't feel good in your vulva, this is one that does feel good. Um, it will prevent a whole lot of things. So if you have full uterine cleanses every month by steaming after the last day of your cycle, you're pulling out all the residue. And a lot of that stagnation is what causes tons of other challenges going forward. Uh, it's also affordable and easy. Mm, yeah, it really is. Right. I love it. Um, so you're, so when you say last day of your cycle, you mean just before you bleed? No, I mean, just after you stop bleeding. Okay. So, so as we welcome in our inner springtime, um, yes. fantastic after menstruation, Kimberly, I've loved having you on the show. I wish we could keep having these conversations because I just love hearing you talk about all of this stuff. It's like music to my ears. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. And um, thank you. I really loved having you on. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together we can all live in flow, harmony and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.